Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. Talk Money is about stock and bond investing, health insurance, retirement planning, especially your 401k, estate planning and insurance. Talk Money is everything financial. If you have questions that you would like answered on the program, send them to Talk Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. That's Talk Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. You can listen to Talk Money podcast by going to an iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial, if you hear something that you'd like to see and maybe listen to it again, be sure to do that. This week, stocks have experienced, uh, you know, to move to quality, something we've seen. We've seen it up and down, more volatility than we've experienced in the past. Geopolitical tensions and the White House remain the focus for the week. These events disrupt markets, but tend to have limited long-term effect. Keep that in mind. We are looking to see what Congress will do with the debt ceiling, and most of us think that's not going to be a big event, but the media seems to want to make it news and to keep us a little upset, but just, you know, put it in stride and move on. Fundamentals offer good news for equity markets, and that's important. And always, as I say every week, remember, keep your politics out of your investments. Today's program, my guest is Bob Dahl, Senior Portfolio Manager, Chief Equity Strategist for Nuveen Investments. Questions for Bob is, what fundamentals are important and what do you expect for the second half of the year? Frequent guest of ours, and you know he does a great job, but in the second half of the program, my co-host, second half, of course, is Mr. Keith Quinn. He is the Dynamo, the Director of Investment Management for Shoemaker Financial. Keith will be sharing six steps to investment success. So listen carefully. If you haven't been on track, guess what? In the second half of the program, Keith's going to give you the six steps to get on track for the rest of the year with your investment program. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Of course, The Voice, KWAM 990, FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman, something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve 2037? I guess I was thinking Steve 2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. 
You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve 2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. What a program we've got lined up for you today. My guest, Mr. Bob Dahl. He is the Portfolio Manager, Chief Equity Strategist at Nuveen Asset Management, a frequent guest of ours who always, I say frequent, well, you know, Keith, what do you think? Maybe not as often as we would like. He says he's busy. What do you think? Well, I'd say he's fairly busy, but I'd love to have him every week. Well, no kidding. <laughs> so maybe we ought to talk about that. Absolutely. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen. Good to hear your voices. You know, Bob, one of the biggest questions that we had, and I'm glad you're with us because there's so much going on. And I mean, it's uh, I keep trying to tell everybody every week to keep your politics out of your investments. But that's difficult to do. Uh, Can you kind of give us what you're envisioning? I mean, my question in the monologue this morning was what fundamentals are important and what do you expect in the second half. So let's start with that. And then I really do want to hear what you think about the politics. Yeah, um, so so we think the second half um, for the economy will be better than the first half. But we think the second half for the stock market will be more difficult than the first half. In other words, the first half was discounting the good news uh, in economy and more importantly, earnings. Uh, and, And as you both know, earnings drive stock prices. Not politics. I I get the same question you do. Like, how can the market be up 10% when Washington's such a mess? And I say, you've just answered your own question. They have little to do with one another. That's right. Politics matter, but at the fringes, stocks are moved by earnings. I say to people, Donald Trump and Washington, D.C. can make every mistake in the book. But if earnings are growing double digits, there's a good chance the stock market's going up. And conversely, if we get or when we get into an earnings recession, parenthetically, no time soon in our view, but when we do, Donald Trump and the rest of the boys and girls in D.C. could learn to walk on water and the stock market will still go down. You know, that's so and that, you know, that's a fundamental that we both all agree, but the media has a tendency to try to tie the two. I mean, Donald Trump gets credit for things he shouldn't get credit for, and he gets blamed for things he shouldn't be blamed for. So let's talk about what the economic data 
when you talk about good, solid growth for the second half of the year, talk about that for us. Give us some of those things. Today, we saw some numbers that were not quite where we thought they would be, and uh, or maybe what they were not expected to be. But what's your thoughts as far as durable goods and things like that going forward? Yeah, so let me let me let me rise to a higher level than we come back, can come back to specifics if you like. So since the Great Recession um, ended, uh, which is now uh, eight years ago, GDP in the U.S. real GDP has been growing at one point nine percent per annum. Let's call it two to round it off. We think that we will get a little better than that in the second half of the year. First, to remind listeners, first quarter had a one-handle. Second quarter had a three-handle. You you add them up and divide by two, and you get the plain old two. I think we have a chance of averaging closer to three than two in the second half of the year. Um, And and that's what, Jim, fueled this – uh, better hope uh, and delivery in the first two quarters uh, of earnings. So we think economic growth is okay. We're, we're not going to set any records. And as an equity investor, I don't want to set any records because if growth gets too strong, interest rates go up and we talk about the end of the cycle. Let me answer it yet another way. Somebody asked me on a panel recently, Bob, what's the best macroeconomic recipe for the stock market in real and inflation terms. And I said two and two, 2% real, 2% inflation, nominal growth of around four. And the cycle can last a long time and stocks will be just fine. Do you feel like when you say that, I mean, that that is, I mean, that is so, you're right. You kept it up high. We didn't get down into the weeds, which I appreciate my, my fault for probably asking that question, but I mean, the second quarter earnings, you're looking at a growth. You're looking at things that look very positive. You're talking about that. With all that said, I mean, let's just look at it from we have things that seem to be good. I mean, you just kind of laid it out, economic growth. There's even this global mindset. I mean, 40 countries are now showing global growth. Profits are up. Earnings are up. Revenues up. Cash is up. And yet there seems to still be this, I mean, hey, here's a thought. Keith and I were talking about it earlier. Gold is up. That doesn't seem to work together. Talk about that, Bob. Why is there such a anxiety in the market still? I, I think the anxiety, Jim, stems from uh, several things. One, the instantaneous nature of information, the sensationalism uh, from financial television, of everything that goes goes on. Remember, remember, their job is to get eyeballs. Their job is to get decent revenues on the ads that are shown on their programs. Yeah, if they if they can educate people along the way, that that's a side benefit. Their goal is to sensationalize things, and I think that's caused people to be on edge. Number two, we've had mediocre growth. It's not been a great cycle from economic standpoint, and we're in a long time before people found jobs, and most people still haven't gotten raises to speak of. Uh, and that creates the anxiety. So th- th- this constant press stuff uh, leaning to the negative, whether it's right or left, and the fact that the cycle's been less robust than usual, I think causes this unease that says to people, oh, my goodness, the economy is mediocre, stocks are expensive, we've made some money. I remember 
in 2000 and 2007 and the 18 months following, we had a 50% decline. And, you know, I'm just biting my fingernails. And all this this long list I'm giving you, Jim, is, is grist for the market to go up. Markets do best when people are skeptical. Markets do best when we climb walls of worry. And we've been climbing walls of worry for several years now, and uh, you know, may it go on forever. You know, you <laughs> that's, a good, that's a way to look at it. Absolutely. That's, that's right. exactly what we want. You know, but, you know, but we last time we talked to Bob, Bob, you actually mentioned the fact, and as we were going back and reviewing a couple of things, that there was this anxiety and there was this unbelievable move in the market that continues to go up when nobody believes it's a bull market. That's kind of the terminology. You said it was the most unbelieved bull market that we had, that you had ever experienced. Is that what you're still seeing, that, that there's the mindset of so many people sitting on the sidelines still because of that? They talk about the wall of worry. Is that what we're talking about here? People still yeah, don't believe the, it? In the main, Jim, the answer to that question is yes. Again, back to the nuance. The first half will go in the history books uh, as stock market investors is kind of the easy half. And the second half, I think it's a little tougher. So what I'm trying to say in a nuanced way is, yeah, most people are still, still skeptical, but some people have turned more constructive. You see that in some of the sentiment numbers, um, uh, really, that, that rose post the election. You see that in, you know, you and me speaking back and forth about how good earnings have been, and people are beginning to realize that. So some of it's in the market. So while I am firmly of the view the bull market is not over, I'm also of the view that it gets harder from here. Okay. All right. Let me uh, just tune in. You're, li- you're listening to Bob Dahl. He is the chief equity strategist, and uh, he is with Nuveen Asset Management, a frequent guest, and a guy that you hear a lot of times all over the media, does a lot of shows with MSB, NBC. Uh, let, me, let me stop for just a second. I want to just kind of take a break in our minds. Geopolitical unrest, that has been in the media. I mean, let's just look at, we talk about Korea. We talk about, you know, the whole idea in Spain. Bob, when you talk about geopolitical unrest, Put that in the perspective of the day-to-day simple investment, 401k plan, what we're doing. How do you look at that? I know from your chair, when you're talking about as as the investment chief investment strategist for Nuveen, you're looking at it from a bigger picture. But try to help us get down to that person who's worried about his 401k. Where should he put that in perspective? Yeah, so I, I think the first thing that he or she should do is forget the environment. That They should focus on what am I trying to achieve with this pool of money? And in most cases, it's a long-term time horizon. It's, you know, my retirement, and my retirement is, you know, a bunch of years down the road for most people. Uh, and as a result, the short-term stuff, they shouldn't sweat. It's back to, you know, this wall of worry and the instantaneous information. I tell people, you know, stop paying attention so often. Look at your portfolio once a month or once a quarter. Don't look at it every day. It's going to bounce around and have a lot of random walk. And I, I think if people can get their long-term perspective and the reason they're investing in view, they can relax and, and take a much better view rather than the, the, the squiggles in the portfolio each and every day and, you know, the, the noise, and there's so much of it. Look, geopolitical stuff where you started your question, that's for real. There are issues. There's no question about it. But trying to create a portfolio that's 
going to assess the probability that we're going to have a North Korean problem, it's almost an impossibility. Um, these are the things that keep people away from the important stuff. The important stuff, to repeat, I'm going to sound like a broken record, are how's economic growth, what are the earnings? Even more important than valuation. I know stocks are not particularly cheap, but if earnings are going up, stocks will too. Um, I don't know if I'm helping answer the question, but it's I guess the one word I, I'd leave is perspective. Get the right perspective. I think that's an important point. And again, we talk about that all the time, focusing on your goals, keeping that long-term perspective, you know, to, to thinking about how the markets have reacted in the past. But Bob, when we think about that, the one thing that we kind of haven't seen, and you know, we talk about it a lot, uh, is we just haven't seen the, the volatility that we normally see in the equity markets. I think we're, you know, haven't seen a 5% pullback since uh, the Brexit vote last year. What is what is causing that, that, that lack of, of the normal volatility that we would expect to see? Yeah, we um, as as we talk about uh, together on uh, the show, I uh, show up for you guys early in the year. The ten predictions we make this year. One of them is we would see some increase in volatility, and uh, we haven't to, m- to m- much degree at all. I-, I think there are several reasons. One, the environment is pretty calm. The noise may not be feel calm, but the economy is pretty calm. And when the economy is calm, markets tend to be. Number two. This, I call it, whoosh of money into index funds and other passive products like clockwork means there's always money coming in, and that just creates this docile sort of most days are up, occasionally you get a a slight pullback. The third reason, I, I think, Keith, is there's just so much money on the sidelines kind of waiting for this pullback uh, to, to, to put money to work. And so anytime you get a little pullback, you know, a few of those people start putting money in and the pullback ends. Uh, that's a great point. I mean, I, you know, just recently I had someone to call, you know, because we were down like a one and a half percent. And they were, oh, got to get in, got to get, get in. in. That's right. you know, and so that's kind of that mindset it is. that Bob's talking about. But when we look at the Dow, the, I mean, the dollar, when the dollar now is – there's so much noise about, oh, my goodness, the dollar's down. What's your take on that? I mean, there's there's two sides to that. Obviously, if the dollar is decreasing in value against the world of currency, uh, it gives our goods and services are affordable. But at the same time, does that affect our overall economy for our buying ability? Talk about that from that standpoint. Yeah, as you, as you implied in your question, Jim, currencies are very complicated. They're multidimensional. There is no, you know, dollar moves in a certain direction, and and there's an obvious um, result and and investment implication. It's very complicated. Uh, look, I think the dollar had a quite a move up, and of late has been weak. Weak weakness stems from I think two things. One. The, uh, the the noise in Washington, the currency market is the one place we've seen uh, the absence of legislation showing up. And the second reason is until six months ago or so, the U.S. was the economic engine in the world and there wasn't much else to help. Now, as you pointed out earlier, there are a bunch of con- countries reporting uh, better economics and better earnings. And when that happens, their currencies raise their hand and do a little bit better. And therefore, we have have some do- dollar weakness. M- my view is um, over time, 
modest dollar strength is is preferable uh, because that Im- implies that uh, that the the U.S. is doing well on lots of scores. Maybe I should make m- mention give one more reason why uh, the dollar has has declined, and that is interest rates have not moved up in this country at the pace people originally thought, and interest rates have started to move up elsewhere. So that relative interest rate differential uh, has a big impact on currencies as well. Well, you lead me to the next question. I mean, interest rates, uh, Janet Yellen's meeting today in Jackson Hole. She's got her big speech today. Yeah, I got her big speech today, and uh, 50-50 chance of them coming up, and the next time she decides that we'll move rates up. What do you think, Bob? That's a big question for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the earliest the Fed is likely to move rates up is December, and I think even that's a question mark. They use the phrase appropriately all the time, data dependent. So uh, I, I think economic growth and inflation will probably be strong enough to allow the Fed to move in December if they so choose. But if those numbers aren't there, they'll wait. Um, uh, and of course, there's the whole uh, shrinking of the balance sheet issue. Listeners know that the Fed, uh, uh, to, to create lots of incentives for people to do things, uh, bought a lot of uh, uh, paper, treasury paper, mortgage paper, and now has a balance sheet that they want to. No, I notice I didn't say have to. Want to unwind over time, and that's another variable um, that uh, central bank activity has got to monitor. Well, I think the fundamentals is what you're talking about. He keeps talking about that, keeps laying it out there very plain. Bob, in the closing few moments we've got here, what do you, can you, I guess I want him to predict, you know, I like when he predicts, he's always good at it. And uh, Sure. So let's get him to predict. Absolutely, put him on the spot. Put him on the spot, (laughs) you know. <laughs> He's not going to, you know, he won't. One thing Bob won't do, he won't be politically rocking around it. Right. Bob, what do you think? I mean, let's look at the equity. The bull market is not approaching the end. You keep saying that. You keep, you know, that's been kind of a you know, scenario for you for quite some time. So what do you think? Do you think it remains going forward? Do you think we got uh, a decent growth? Talk to us. What are you predicting for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think that economic growth will be better than it's been, as we talked about earlier. I think earnings growth in the second half will be good, but not as good as the first half. And I think that will cause the stock market to meander a bit. Um, Maybe we finally get one of those pullbacks, and then we have a a decent rally at the end of the year. My guess is we end higher than, than, than we are today. Uh, and even if we don't, if we end the year right here, I'm looking at my screen, Jim, and I see the uh, S&P 500 is up 9% year-to-date. I'll take 9 any year and be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All day long. If you've just tuned in, we've been listening to Bob Dahl. He is the Chief Investment Strategist for Nuveen Asset Management. Uh, he is frequently with us on occasions, and uh, we appreciate that so much. Bob, as always, you've done a great job just kind of guiding us through and I think comforting us a little bit, don't you think, Keith? I, I think mean, he's always got a, a great perspective on it. Again, this is you know this is what Bob does, so we can take his uh, take his words to the bank. That's exactly right. Well, thank you, Bob. Appreciate it very much being with us. Have a wonderful weekend, sir. All the best. Enjoy the rest of summer. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Bob.
And again, this part of Talk Money is brought to you by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. You're listening to FM 107.9 and AM 990, The Voice. Talk radio for the Mid-South. This is Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. When we come back, we'll be talking to Keith Quinn, and you're going to find out how to fix your investment portfolio going for the rest of the year. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Money. The views and opinions expressed are those of Bob Dole only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Shoemaker Financial or Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Shoemaker Financial nor Securing Financial Services do not make any representations as to the accuracy, compliance, or effectiveness of its content. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. You're listening to Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now, here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. Did you know about 85 million Americans have high blood pressure, hypertension, and nearly one in six don't know why they have it? Well, maybe it's your investment portfolio. Maybe you're just concerned about the market. Well, Bob Dahl just really nailed it and said, hey, he's pretty optimistic for the rest of the half of the year. He's got some, you know, the wall of worry he talks about. He does that all the time. Well, this part of the program, Keith Quinn's with me, and he is going to guide us through some steps of investment success. Now, listen to me. If you happen to be one of those that feel like you're climbing the wall of worry and you think that you're scared of the market, you're doing this, and you got to, well, that's what I've asked Keith to do is kind of walk us through some very fundamentals and yet things that you need to be writing down or you need to be paying attention to to help you get through all this stuff that the media, I mean, my goodness, it's amazing how how much noise we can get going over all the things that are happening, and yet we just continue to move forward with the market. So, Keith, welcome to the program, sir. Well, thank you, sir. Let me, let me start, Keith. I mean, everybody... Everybody needs to hear what you're going to say. This is this is fundamental. Fundamentals. But people sometimes forget they they get caught up and I and I understand this. It is when we talk about fundamentals, it's simple, it's it's easy to understand, and people want to make investments very high tech, high you know, I heard a guy recently that I you know, his whole theory for forty five years as a very successful investment manager has been to keep things simple. Keep it simple. And, Absolutely. And that's what people today, with all the technology, we have a tendency to throw this around and think we're smarter because we got tons of technology. All right, what we're going to do with you today, and I want you to help our people to hear this, there's going to be several very fundamental things to do. Start with number one. Help everybody. Just listen, folks. This is the things that you need to write down, pay attention to it, because this is the basics, but yet so critical, so important in any investment mind that you're working through. This is what makes it work. 
Absolutely. And so let's start before we even start with the, the six principles or the six things we're thinking about. You had mentioned, you know, investing in the in the stock market and it's scary and people have the idea that it's a, a rigged game. And, you know, who wants to invest in Wall Street? But again, thinking about the fundamentals, the fundamentals are there are some great companies out there and we want to own these companies and we want to own them for a long time. Uh, and that's the ultimate you know, point of investing. And as Bob Dahl said, you know, we want to invest for a goal. What is our purpose for this money? And that's what we really want to focus on. And if we have that long term focus, it helps helps us to, uh, again, be able to handle the inevitable swings that you have in the market. Thinking back to our six things, we have three principles, and our principles dictate our practices. Much like in life, our beliefs dictate our behaviors. So we think about the principles, and these are principles that we need to have as investors. And the first principle that we need to have is faith in the future. Now, when you say that, I mean, that is so simple, faith in the future. In other words, we kid around the office a lot of times. Oh my goodness, people are going to run to the hills and you know, absolutely take their you know. guns and all their stuff. And you know, they're. We were talking last night to a guy, and he said, you know, people. He knew somebody that had bought a two hundred gallon gas tank. <laughs> I mean, Prepper. You know, really, yeah. he had bought a 200-gallon gas tank because he said the world was coming to an end. Absolutely. He's going to go to the hills and survive in his bunker. Yeah. Now, that's a doomsayer. Now, let me tell you, I couldn't imagine living that away. Couldn't, I, couldn't, couldn't conceive, you know, conceive of that. So you're saying fundamental principle, principle number one, faith in the future. Faith in the future. You think about how far we've come in this country. And I remember a, uh, uh, an interview with Warren Buffett, and I think it was last year, uh, and they asked him about why did he have this faith in, in America. And he said, you know, think back to, to how we started this country. In 1790, there were 4 million people in the United States one half of 1% of the global population. One half of 1% of the global population. Not that long ago, in 1790, and now we are by far the largest economy on the planet, uh, healthier, wealthier than we've ever been at any time in history, and it just keeps getting better, well, you know, having that faith in the future. And in spite of what you hear at the 5 o'clock news or here on talk radio in the morning, radio in the morning, the bottom line is you need to have a sense of optimism that in spite of all of that, you can believe that there's something going to happen great in the, in the future. Absolutely. And the reason that Buffett said we have done so well, we have free markets. Mm-hmm. We have the rule of law. We have property rights. And we have the equality of opportunity. Now, obviously, that's, you know, uh, been uh, debatable at some points during our history. But all of these things go to unlock this human potential. And that's the kind of stuff we think about when we're thinking about investing in these great companies. When we think about having some faith in the future, uh, the future looks pretty bright. You know, we had mentioned it before uh, on the show, I think, uh, a while ago. But you talk about things like the cancer death rate being down 25 percent since 1991. You think about the scare we had from the Ebola virus. It was going to, you know, it was going to Wipe out the global population, and now we have a vaccine that is potentially 100% effective. Uh, you know, we think about, you know, you remember the old story uh, that we used to have decades ago about the ozone layer was going to go away and the sun was going to burn us to a crisp. Well, now the ozone layer is repairing itself. The hole over the South Pole has shrunk by 1.5 million square miles, and it's expected to fully close by 2050. Yeah. You know, these are the stories that are fundamental uh, faith in the future that you don't hear in the media. That's true. That, that doesn't sell. That doesn't bring the the eyeballs no. that Bob was talking about. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Bob's going to meet Bob. Well, Bob, that's good. Keith's going, to, <laughs> Keith's going to walk us through the remaining principles and then get into really 
What are we going to do as far as the practice? How do we put it together? So stay with us because we're going to listen to Rebecca Brazier as she gives us the Mid-South History Moment. And you don't want to miss that. It's always extremely important and very good. And everybody says you like it. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. listening to Talk Money. Have a question you'd like answered on the program? Email talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. The Peabody Hotel is a landmark virtually synonymous with the South. Like so much of Memphis life in the 1960s, the hotel's beginnings were surrounded by the joys and sorrows life brings. Saddened by the news of his good friend George Peabody's death, The hotel's builder, Colonel Robert Brinkley, named his new building after his friend. Brinkley later gave the hotel to his daughter as a wedding gift. Though the hotel remained in the hands of the Brinkley-Snowden family for decades, it was forced to close and reopen before settling on its present location on Union Avenue in 1925. Since that time, the Peabody has been an important center of culture not only for Memphis and the Mid-South, but for the whole United States. During the 30s and 40s, the hotel hosted one of just three live national radio broadcasts, while the Skyway and Plantation Roof were an attraction for the great big band dancers. But the hotel's greatest and most enduring feature will always be the Duck March. This has been another Mid-South History Moment. Brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. You're listening to Talk Money. Neither asset allocation nor diversification guarantee against loss. There are methods used to manage risk. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. My guest, Keith Quinn, Director of Investments at Shoemaker Financial. We are talking about core principles and then some practices to help you walk through the idea of being a successful investor. Everybody wants to say, hey, I invested, I did a good job, and it was successful for me. Whether it's your 401k, your college plan, are you just saving for the future? Whatever it is, you want to be successful. And Keith's helping us go through some fundamentals, some basic principles. The first one, he said, was faith in the future. What's number two, Keith? Number two, if we have faith in the future, then we also have to have patience, especially when we're investing in stocks. We realize that even though, as we'd said with uh, with Bob Dahl, that we haven't had as much volatility in the stock market as we've typically had in the past, volatility is the price that we have to pay to get the long-term returns that you get from owning some of the great companies of the world. So we have to be patient. We can't decide that you know we're down over a 12-month period and we need to get out of the stock market. We must be patient because there's a lot of evidence in a Dow Bar study that we cite a lot that would say that if you're patient, you get the full returns of the, uh, of the market. Looking back over the last 20 years, uh, you know, basically double-digit returns in the S&P 500. But uh, the average investor has only earned uh, less than half of that because of moving in and out of the market, not being patient. You know, you talk about that. I I get so many people calling because we have some people, and and, you know, I'm going to be very honest, we have some guys in our business that, that sell themselves as having great amounts of wisdom to predict the future. Right. 
I, I, as I said, I was with someone this past couple of weeks out in Vegas, and the guy that's been 45 years, and he, his comment was, you know, you might be successful. We know that Dalbar actually says you might be successful a couple of times hitting those numbers. Sure. But it, you have to be about 76% of the time. That's pretty hard. That's a 760-point batting average, and those guys make billions of dollars. Absolutely. They can do that. <laughs> the reality is patience says that you don't have to be exact. You just have to stay in the market. You have to be patient with it under pressure when you feel that there's something going on, all that power of what the media is telling you. Don't react to it. And that's what you're saying. Stay in the course. And that's basically what this individual was talking about. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's it's a great example of getting caught up in the media. And that's another, again, another uh, Warren Buffett quote, as uh, he had said, the stock market is an incredibly efficient mechanism for transferring wealth. From the impatient to the The patient. patient. That's a great point. (laughs) Very well said. Number three. Number three is to have discipline. And and all of this, I hope, is predicated in people that listen to the show know that we talk about that a lot, is that you manage this according to a plan. So the discipline is you stick with your plan. A great example is contributing to your 401k. Mm. You know, we would recommend that everyone do that. And, of course, you do that on a monthly or quarterly basis. But you keep contributing to your 401k. You maintain that discipline no matter what happens with the market. And, in fact, if the market goes down, and, again, that's it's, it's counterintuitive, but people will get scared when the market goes down, and that's just things going on sale. So that's a great time to be periodically investing. I hope I can quote you because you've said this before, and I want to say it the way you would say it. And this is a (laughs) quote. It says, if patient keeps us from making a decision to do something wrong, that's great. Then discipline is the decision to keep doing things Right. right. That's it. Right. You know, and I think that's basically, that's a Keith Quinn quote, folks. You'd like to get that in print. I'll be glad to send you thousands of copies of that in quote. That's exa- <laughs> that is what you say, though. You say patient keeps us from making a decision to do something wrong. That means from moving out of the moving market, out of the market, doing something. And discipline is the decision to keep doing things right. If your plan hasn't changed, if your goals haven't changed, if your time horizon hasn't changed, guess what? Portfolio probably shouldn't, shouldn't change. Shouldn't change either, regardless. Right. And yet we get calls all the time. We get questions all the time. And people know that if you've got a question for this program, just send it to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll get it on the air for you. But this is a fundamental to help people understand you need to be disciplined. And here's another uh, part of the discipline story. You know, we think about it a lot. There's two major emotions that drive people, right? Fear and greed. That's right. We certainly saw fear a lot in 2008. Now we're seeing a little bit of the greed, and you can't give in to that one either. Uh, And there was a great example from last year. So last year in the S&P 500, 2016, there were 24 stocks that gained at least 45%. Now, that's a pretty good year, 45% gain. It's hard not to think, man, I want to put my money with these guys. But through the end of July, 10 of those stocks, 10 of the 24, basically half of them, negative return this year. So you don't chase. And what would what would people do if it's down this year? What would we do? Sell it. Sell it. Right. Counterintuitive. Right. Right. That's always the case. All right. We've covered faith in the future, patience, discipline. Those are principles. Now give us the first practice. Right. So those principles drive our practices. And the practices, again, as you said, fundamentals, the most important determinant of your portfolio, your investments, how it's going to behave, how volatile it's going to be, what your return is going to be, is going to be your asset allocation. The very fundamental uh, of asset allocation is how much money, how much, how many dollars do you put in stocks? How much money do you put in bonds? How much money do you put in alternative investments? What percentage of your portfolio should be in cash? These are incredibly important 
uh, as far as the characteristics, again, of your portfolio. And that's the fundamental asset allocation. Your asset allocation needs to match up with your time horizon and it needs to match up with your goals. Uh, in other words, if you know, if we talk about it a lot, if I have uh, basically a one year time horizon, I can't be in stocks because I could potentially have a 2008 and be down 57%. Right. Uh, and I have to have that money in one year. I can't take that risk. Uh, so that's why your asset allocation is critically important that it matches up with your time horizon and with your goals. You know, Keith, when you say that, if people understood the principle of the practice, the principle of really the fundamental of asset allocation. Now, I know we can't say that asset allocation is going to protect you and oh, it won't. Th- th- take uh, yeah. away all the uh, risk. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. But we are saying that that's such a basic fundamental that if I know what my risk horizon is and can identify it right, and take my emotions, take the discipline, put it all together and say, okay, I understand, then my asset allocation shouldn't be changing if my plan out there is over seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year period. Absolutely. Your asset allocation shouldn't change if your plan doesn't change. And here's the other thing. If you're too aggressive in your allocation and Unfortunately, there were some people that went through this in 2008, and it forces you to make an emotional decision. Your portfolio is down too much. You feel like you just can't stand it. You make an emotional decision to sell out, uh, get out of the market. Uh, because your portfolio is too aggressive, that kills the uh, probability of you hitting your long-term goals. There's a study out, Brinson B. Bauer. Can you talk about that? That's a study that Absolutely. everybody refers to a lot. Yeah, Brinson B. Bauer is one that was done uh, years ago, and it just basically tells us that 92% of the variability of our portfolio returns is going to be tied to our asset allocation. 92%. So the other 8% is based on things like timing and investment selection. So you see, they, they just do not have much of an impact. It's all about the asset allocation. Understanding it. Understanding it and sticking with it. And sticking with it. All right. When we come back, we're going to go through the remaining two. Now, listen to me. This is important. We're talking about fundamentals here. We're talking about, we talked about the economy in the first half of the program with Bob Dahl. This is Keith Quinn, the investment in, you know, guy that runs our investment department, who is giving you basic fundamentals, steps to investment success. That's important. We've got two more to go. When he comes back, we'll cover those. You're listening to FM 107.9 and AM 990, The Voice, talk radio for the Mid-South. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money. Have a question you'd like answered on the program? Email talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
Well, if your investment portfolio has gotten off track, if you can't seem to move forward, if you seem to be kind of stuck in the murk and the mire, well, you know, that's understandable. The media would like to keep you all in a nervous uproar, and that's the, that's what they're trying to do. That's, that's okay. That's what they do. As long as you understand that, you have some principles that you go to. Just listen to the media and then turn it off and say, okay, that's no problem. Because what Keith's doing today in the program is giving you some fundamental principles. He said, faith in the future. It is we live in the greatest country, the biggest economy, greatest country, greatest companies, greatest people. We could go, we can talk about all the bad stuff. Just go overseas and then come back. This is a great country. Keep the future. Understand there's faith in the future. Patience. You know, most of us aren't patient. Most of us want it today. I mean, we've learned to go into the drive through go around, get our food, and done. That's what we expect. Well, investing, it doesn't work that way. It's got to be patient. And then discipline. Oh, boy. If I, you know, by the way, if we were all disciplined, we'd all weigh, weigh, all weigh about what we should weigh, and nobody would be obese. And so most <laughs> of us are not that disciplined. But investing, you need to have that fundamental understanding of discipline. And then I think, Keith, you nailed it when you talked about asset allocation. That is such a fundamental, so important. It takes a lot of the other stuff out. but It really does. But there's two more. There's two more. One more. Okay, so we said we had our asset allocation, how much of our portfolio we put, stocks, bonds, alternatives, and cash. Well, now we have to diversify. So the next one is we ask to allocate, but then we diversify our portfolio. So what do we mean by that? Well, let's assume that, you know, the stock portion of our portfolio, we want to own some different things. We want to own some some companies that are more focused on growth. We want to own some companies that may be more established, that may have more of a history of paying some dividends. We may want to own some companies that are in Europe or some companies that are in the emerging markets that are in China or India. So we want to diversify our portfolio to take advantage of these different areas of the market. And also, we want to put investments in the portfolio that work well together. And that's what we try to do with diversification. All right. Now, from your chair, you're constantly looking at all of this. And so the reality is that sometimes is some people are do-it-yourselfers. Yes. And I understand that. Sure. I more than welcome that. But most of us need some guidance. So with your chair, you're taking our advisors and walking them through how to diversify and how to take that stock, bond, and cash, diverse the allocation, and then diversify from global to domestic, from, you know, growth, value to small company core. I mean, all that. And so that's part of an overall portfolio. It just doesn't, you're not just going to say, okay, this was the best one last year. Let's pick that one. No, 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 no. (laughs) And and that's a critical point. And and it is. And, and, you know, people do do that. And then as we talked about with the the 24 stocks with the 45% return, that can come back to bite you. So you you diversify because you don't know what the next 12 months is going to look like. And it may appear that you're buying something today when you're buying, say, let's say you're buying European stock today. Right. You know, five years ago, two years ago, that would not have been an exciting investment. No, the Europe was not growing. Uh, you know, they were they looked really bad a couple of years ago. And now today, that story's totally that changed. Totally changed. Yeah. And so, so people have to understand. You're always sometimes looking at things overall globally to help someone put a portfolio together. Because because we and and you know we've owned Europe and we've owned Europe this entire time. Well now guess what? When we were putting money into Europe a couple of years ago, we were getting it on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that's turning out to be a great investment. Why doesn't people understand if there's a sale at Kroger today or you know at Toys I had my kids the other day at Toys R Us. Right. Grandkids and uh you know, there was a couple of things on sale. Grandpa, it's on sale. We got to get it today. Right. 
But we don't do that with the stock market. Well, I think it's, as you said, it's the media. Uh, you know, the media would tell you the stock market going down is the end of the world. It's a calamity. And again, it's all about viewership. If you look at the viewership numbers of CNBC in 2008, through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was scared of that. Scared of that. You know, I was listening the other day to something that would have been like a less than 1% correction for the day or down for uh-huh. the day. But the way they couched it, it I really I caught my attention because I thought I didn't remember anything being bad today. But it was oh the headlines it was, <laughs> make it sound like it's the end of the world. It's always right. the end of the world. Faith in the future, patience, discipline, asset allocation, diversification, and then finally we have periodic rebalancing. We re, uh, believe in rebalancing at least annually. Uh, you rebalance your portfolio to get it back in line with what the original characteristics of the portfolio were so you can keep your risk profile on, on track. Uh, but the biggest thing that rebalancing does is it forces you to be disciplined and it forces you to sell high and to buy low. And in fact, we explicitly sell high for the very reason of buying low. So, for example, uh, this year in the, in the portfolios and in the markets, large cap growth companies have done really, really well, uh, in some cases up over 20%. So if we rebalance the portfolio, we would capture some of those gains and we would put it into a sector that perhaps hasn't been performing as well. But then inevitably, you'll see that the leadership roles will change, the underperforming sector will outperform, and by rebalancing, we get to take advantage of that. You know, people forget that these things you're talking about should be in the mindset of everybody, whether it's their 401k, college funding, retirement planning, whatever they do, it should be the basics. And instead of getting caught up in all the other stuff, this should be your fundamentals. Right. We could debate on which investment to put in a portfolio, and there's a lot of, of different ways to do it and a lot of good ways to do it. But the fundamentals, if you do these fundamentals and you stick with it and you do it over a long period of time, guess what? It'll work. Well, this is talking about behavior. If you want a good book to read, here's a, let me give you one. Nick Murray has written a book called Behavioral Investment Counseling. Write it down. Behavior Behavioral Investment Counseling by Nick Murray. Great book. We believe what Nick says and understand that. And this is... Uh, we kind of taken some things from this material, his material, to add to this. And Absolutely. He has a great uh, view on it. And again, uh, on what's truly important, important about a portfolio, because the biggest determinant of your long-term real-life returns is not investment performance as, as, as much as it is investor behavior. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Always, you've done a great job. If you just tuned in, of course, you've missed the program, but you can always go to the iTunes store, search for Shoemaker Financial, and listen to it on a podcast. My guest today was Bob Dahl, Portfolio Manager, Chief Investment Strategist for Nuveen Investment Management. Keith Quinn, Director of Investment, Shoemaker Financial, Producer and Board Operator. Gil Worth, in Guest and Content Coordination. Francis Fortner, Production Assistant, Eller Moskovitz, Compliance Officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment by Rebecca Brazier and Drew's written by Drew Johnson. You've been listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990 and FM 107.9, Talk Radio for the Mid-South. We're glad you're a part of the program. Thank you for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.